0: and welcome to The Break Room, a Superstore Fan Podcast. I'm your host, David Unliel, here with your co-host, Casey McGeorge.
1: How is it going, everybody? It's been a while. I hope everybody's doing well out there right now.
0: Yes. We have a very special guest for you today. You may know him from his roles on iconic shows such as Curb Your Enthusiasm or Shameless, cultural mainstays like Grey's Anatomy and NCIS. You might even know him as Bruce Wayne's Wine Steward, (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> you probably know him best, though, as Saeed from NBC's hit comedy Superstore, Amir
2: Karangi. Everybody, thank you for having me on, David and Casey. Thank you guys. Yeah, great to be here.
1: How are you holding up and everything uh, during the uh, pandemic? Uh, and, and
2: I'm holding up pretty well, thank you. I'm I'm doing the best I can. You know, the same as everybody else, really. You know, you you just get creative, don't you? You 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 just you sit down and you think, okay, what 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 now? What do I do today? But it's been uh, it, it's been nice. I mean, I've, I've picked up a lot of stuff. You know, you you check your list of things that you couldn't get around to when you were so busy. So it's been great on that score, right? So right. I've been like learning other languages. I've been improving my guitar playing. I've oh, been, fantastic! You know, so all kinds of stuff. You know, just learning things <laughs> and stuff. It's great. It's good.
0: That's great. That's fantastic. They gotta write that into the into the show next year. That's gotta uh,
2: be. I gotta get better. No, I'm not that good. <laughs> it's, it's Look, fun. It, I gotta get better.
1: In, in case you didn't know, you are a fan favorite. Like the people oh, who are fans you. of Superstore absolutely right. love your character,
2: Saeed. Oh, that um, is so sweet. I, I, it's been really nice the support, and it's been very heartwarming. Thanks, guys. Yeah.
1: So if. If Sae came out there next season playing <laughs> a guitar in an episode, people would lose their minds. <laughs>
2: Well, I had that. I had that. Uh, didn't I? I had that? That blow up guitar with the uh, with the costume with the whatever yes, it was. It was like yes. a Beatles costume. It was supposed to be like one of the Beatles, but nobody knew what it was. <laughs> people were like, is that Roy Orbison? <laughs> that was Roy Orbison. Some people actually, it looked like Roy Orbison a little bit more with well, a with the, with the <laughs> goatee, of course. But
1: <laughs> okay, so here's a question. We I don't know if yeah. we asked. We had Colton Dunn on the podcast previously. Ah, he's a great Did guy. You, Right. Did they did they kind of just assign you that costume costume or did you have oh any yeah yeah yeah
2: or uh, no I mean the costumes they're great I mean Alex is great she's the the, the costume lady good ladies are wonderful there um, and uh, they are uh, no they they do a great job so I usually trust them you know they, yeah of course they consult with you if you're okay with it if it's comfortable and you're okay with it but you know usually. I, you know, you trust their creative choices. I mean, the first one I had, season four, was uh, lederhosen. <laughs> it was a German lederhosen for the, uh, yeah, they, for the right. Halloween costume. I didn't have any, in that episode, I didn't even have any lines, I think, that particular episode. It's just a couple of appearances, a couple of scenes. But uh, then they went for this thing. So it was fun. It was fun.
1: The, the, their Halloween episodes—they've done really well with with the costumes and oh. that everyone's had. So,
2: I mean, Mateos was unbelievable with the uh, the from the birds. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Just with the bird. Oh, I mean, when she came out in that on set, we all all our jaws just fell open. We we're like, "Wow, this is incredible! Such but a great I'll costume." Let,
1: I'll let you know this. What? Um, uh, as one of the hosts of the podcast, I. Have a Mateo hate meter every every episode. Uh, how much I hate the character of Mateo. but oh, I no give him credit where credit is due, and his his no. Halloween costume was fantastic. Mm. Yeah, and, and,
2: and, and you he's know done, he, I mean, he's, he's done great stuff,
1: but just oh, the way yeah. he is sometimes, like right, right, right.
2: But Nico himself, I mean, he's he's, oh, no, he's no, no, a really, really, lovely. Guy. Nico is fantastic. He's a lovely yeah. guy. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys like the character. It's just great. That's, I'm, I'm glad that you like Saeed's character. That's great. That's very Because you don't know, you know, you, you, you make choices and you do these things and you have no idea because one of the greatest difficulties, I've done a lot of theater, and the thing is it's always easy. When you do theater, you get immediate response because they laugh. It's, it's right. funny. So you know from one night to the next what's working, what's not working, right? Whereas when you do a sitcom without a live audience, uh, and I did mom, so we had a live audience, and I, you know, so you get it. They laugh. Okay, that worked. But nobody on set can laugh, you see, <laughs> while we're filming. Right. And there's no live audience. So right. you don't know at all if so, the timing, if the joke worked or not. You know, you just have to wait.
1: Adding on to that, you first came in in season four, correct?
2: That's right. Second episode of season four, yeah
1: you were already joining kind of an established cast and, and crew. Um was there any reservations on your part or what was what was that like to join something that already had a following in an established cast? And here sure, you are this new sure. character that's just kind of yeah. coming of in. Uh, like yeah. you said, not only do you not get instant feedback like you do in the theater, but now mm-hmm. you're this new mm-hmm. character that's coming into everybody's mm-hmm. world. Um,
2: what yeah. was that like? Uh well Casey it was just like Okay, this is one thing that I think all actors deal with anyway, especially when you do smaller roles. Yeah, and but uh, I've done like you know in the past, obviously the the the, the guest starring, co-starring roles, and usually in, when you do those roles, you go in into the same thing, same situation, but you go in a one-off, like you know you're not recurring, mm-hmm. so you go in for a week or a couple of days, a few days or whatnot, and uh, but the cast have already been together for several seasons, so they're like a family. Uh, and sometimes it's very difficult to kind of break into that mold, you know what I mean? Just kind of right, break yeah. into that clan, as it were, because, you know, if you've been... But with Superstore, this is the brilliant thing with Superstore, they are so welcoming and wonderful. They were very sweet. They, they were completely welcoming, like day one, so I felt, uh, you know... Of course, it's better apprehensive in the beginning. You always go and you think, okay, I didn't know how many recurring episodes there were going to be. Is it possible recurring? So basically after the first couple of episodes, I thought, okay, so this is going to continue for a while anyway. But they were wonderful. They were, they're, they're so friendly, helpful. Uh, I remember the first day, actually, Coleco and Kelly, uh, they Fantastic. showed me all the ropes, bless them, you know, I just happened to be sitting next to them <laughs> with the thing and they, they showed me all the ropes. So the, that's where the catering is. That's where the craft services is. This is where this is. That's what happens there. And it, was just, it just made me feel so much more comfortable after that. And interesting enough, I got to put in one of the questions I was telling you that somebody had asked already. Somebody said, "What would you tell yourself day one of Superstore, knowing what you know now?" Right? right. Uh, what would you, you tell? Go. Yeah. What would you tell yourself? And I thought, and I think it's sort of another rephrasing of the question that you had actually, but. Uh, I would just really to. I was just relax, they're friendly bunch, this is a friendly set, <laughs> so relax, chill. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, you do get, because you do want to make a good impression, you don't want to, you want to find out what the, as it were, there's always a, there's always a particular flavor and a particular atmosphere about each set and each production. You know, I've heard great things while I've been on set, like I heard, like, Mad Men apparently, because I've uh, but friends that have been in it, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, they were like, "Oh, it's wonderful! Family—they're all friendly and they're no egos." Apparently, they had a great time. man. Superstar had the same, but in terms of obviously totally different production. But in mm-hmm. uh, as far as the atmosphere was concerned, it was the same thing. Everybody is very supportive, uh, and they're no egos, so that's great.
0: Fantastic. How did you prepare for the role of Said?
2: Uh, when I had to go for the audition, I had to go to the audition between two classes. I, I teach at American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and I had a class, and then they, <laughs> my agent comes and said, "You got an audition," uh, you know. So I think I had the sides. No, no, I think I had the sides the night before. Literally the night before, it was, it was the episode that had me audition with the lines from the episode where I pray. The okay. no prayer episode, yeah. do you remember that okay. one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, so you, you and a so, uh, America Fur are sharing the... That's right, pray I,
2: uh, I, I pump while he prays, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you yes. know, yes. it yes. works. So I did, uh, uh, I went between, I learned the lines overnight when for the audition, made some decisions, I thought, okay, so this guy's got to do this, he's Muslim, he's got to pray. It's, you know, I mean, the basics you pick up, obviously, but you have to make some right. quick choices. And it was lucky; it, it, it worked. It, it, it worked. I thought, okay. So he's getting annoyed because she's not; she's interfering with his praying. And uh, they liked it. And there it was. I got a call. I think it was literally a day or so after. Said you got it. So, so that was great. That was exciting.
0: Let's let's go back a little bit. Um, what growing up like? What inspired you personally to be an actor? Your inspirations. Ah.
2: Okay. <laughs> good question but i 'll try and make the answer shortish, but uh, I, I grew up uh, being encouraged to be a doctor, so I actually went to pre med a couple of years of pre med as well <laughs> but I was taking all these other courses as well i was trying i was also I was reading literature and plays, but i was because the the, the, the thing was that in my head from childhood that i 've got to become a doctor then i was in I was realizing I was spending more time reading plays. And, uh, you know, just studying movies and, 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 and theater than doing the biology work. <laughs> so uh, I ch- changed majors and um, quit and went into that. And uh, that was it. The rest is history. Uh, I did, you know, tiny little work. I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't one of those people that grows up as an actor, wanting to be an actor. Nothing like that at all. Mm-hmm. Far from it. Everything goes into everything from philosophy to political, so i'm minded in political science you know I mean? <laughs> and uh, all of that so acting was like kind of the last thing, but once I picked it up, and to be honest, actually, I directed first before I acted, so I actually studied directing as well, and uh, I started directing at nineteen and so i I've done a lot of theater directing, so that was my thing. Uh, But acting work, I started just getting acting work and and it just picked up. Although, to complete the answer to that, I I left acting when I was, you know, I lived in, I taught acting in London for about over 25 years, and uh, I quit uh, for 16 years because I was running a whole program, so I didn't act for 16 years uh, wow. I was directing and teaching so I have an odd career because I uh, you know I've got the same credits probably as somebody 16 years younger than me if you see what I mean mm-hmm. I missed out yeah. on 16 years of credits
0: do, do you have a preference for theater or film since you've, you have so much experience in both
2: I love uh, Well, you know what they're different it's Just you get a different satisfaction from each one and I think I know people have preferences. I did to begin with, but I don't now. I, they're all very different. I mean, film and television and theater, all three, fundamentally the same. But in terms of mode of production, obviously, and some of the technical aspects are, you know, different. Theater, it's immediate gratification because you've got the audience and you have a you have a certain degree of control when you're on there. Uh, film, you're totally at the... Uh, totally at the mercy of the film director because film is very much of a director's medium, going back to the auteurs, you know, filmmaker auteurs who were film, they would write the script and direct the film and kind of all of that. Mm -hmm. So it's very much an auteur medium, still film for the most part. And because there are a lot of single shots, you know, um, close-ups and single shots, the technique's slightly different, uh, longer reactions, as it were, maybe sometimes slower dialogue. Again, it depends on the genre, you know. I'm not talking about action films. I'm talking about, like, maybe dramas or whatnot. Uh, so there's a whole different set of things that people have to deal with. And, and, and depending on the genre, you, you, you know, of course, the scale of the production is huge. I mean... The Batman set, or, or uh, Not at the Museum three, and all of that stuff. Being on those sets, it's just like incredible, unbelievable. Television um, faster, and directors are not necessarily as um, they don't always have the final cut and everything. You know, it's much more collaborative. They're not the artistic director as much. They are to a certain extent, but it's a little bit more for, formulaic. Uh, just, just so what I mean. It's a little
1: bit more like, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the showrunner kind of has the final
2: say with television. Yes, print. they do. Yes. Um, showrunners, showrunners, the hardest working <laughs> ones on TV. Absolutely. I,
1: I, I listened to the, the Fake Doctors, Real French podcast for Scrubs, and they, mm-hmm. they talked about that. They kind of explained it that, you know, they have different directors that come in for almost mm-hmm. every episode, but ultimately mm-hmm. the showrunner yeah, they do. is yeah. the one who he's working like crazy, but then he's the one who's, you know, has the final cut in say and say, absolutely.
2: And go well, showrunners ultimately are responsible for the character and the tone of the series for its entire run which is a huge responsibility because basically that means you're responsible for its popularity, you know, for its continued popularity and whatever the fans, uh, because fans, as you know, fans get attached to certain themes and ideas and characters. And so you have to be very careful to maintain not only the standards, but but, uh, the continuity and, and, and that emotional connection that the fans have got with the character, which has always been the case and it's important. So showrunners are so crucial. Yeah, they maintain that, you see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Tell me if I'm blabbing on too much. Oh, no, no, please, please, no, 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 absolutely not. I, I give long answers to short questions, so shut me up. I got nothing going on the rest of the
1: day, so we're good. I don't know about DJ, I'm, I'm good. Oh, I'm great. Um, so if you couldn't act, would you still be teaching right now, or would you be... Could you see yourself well, ever still,
2: doing? I, I, right. I've, I've still been teaching while I was acting. I was I've been teaching past couple of years still at the American Academy while acting. So sometimes I'd be teaching and going to the Universal in the afternoon to film and then back to teaching or something. <laughs> yeah, I've done hey. that. I've been doing that. But at the moment, I'm not. At the moment, I'm not. I was up until the pandemic. Thing. Yeah.
0: So, so Amir, um, San Diego Comic Con at home was today. And Superstore yep. had a panel, a virtual right. panel. It was very fun.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was great. Huh?
0: Yeah. Lauren asked some of the main cast, who would they uh, want to play if they could play another character on the show? Do you think? What do you, who do you think you'd...
2: If I had to play another character on the show? Yeah. Another character? Oh, good question. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> that is a tough question. Okay, if I had to pair another character, because that makes it like, oh, which is my favorite character? Right. I don't have because I like all the characters. But let me let me let me quickly say. Well, my age, right? Uh, for my age, I could only do uh, Mark's character. You know, Glenn. Because right. That's that's what I could do, <laughs> right? Because I couldn't. Do you agree? Because I mean, with my age, if we're going to take age out of it, let's take I age take out. Of it, yeah. A- age out of it if you could take age out of it which character would i want to play i tell you what um mm. sorry i'll 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 get there in a second it's this is a no tough worries. one this that is, is a tough, is a tough one yeah, yeah. <laughs> i
1: can see you being a brett too i can see you filling in for i brett. was thinking that i was thinking brett, that yep. you know what i mean yep. then,
2: then i thought brett is great he's great he's, <laughs> he's very funny he's very funny uh yeah, I think, you know what, I think you said it. I think Brett, I'll go with Brett, okay? Let's go with Brett. <laughs> Thank you for saving me. I was going to be, this is going to be it. I was going to be stumped by that I, question. I don't was. know, it just, it just hit
1: me like, uh, other than the fact you wouldn't talk anymore because Brett's only said two words in the series. I was like, Brett. he's done some off-the-wall things. And I'm like, I,
2: I, oh, I he's, could see him he's, being he is, uh, he is so, he is great. He's a great guy. We had a, we we were very, we're very friendly in friendly and. Yeah, we got on really well. Uh, yeah, I have, uh, have some really nice conversations with him. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's great. He's got, uh, you know, a great sense of humor and uh, very, very supportive.
1: It says here you almost crashed a single-engine plane when you were 18 years old.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll, uh, I'll uh, truncate a very long story for you. But, uh, and, and I will tell you ahead of time, it's a bit outrageous, but I swear it's the truth. I want
1: <laughs> outrageous, it's outrageous. Yeah.
2: It's outrageous. Okay, I was, uh, I, I was in college was at GW, George Washington University in DC. And I was, uh, it was early morning, I think it was like I don't know eight o'clock in the morning or something. So it was early for me as a weekend, you know, eight o'clock. And I get a phone call, and this is I'm I'm going back to 1978, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's 1978. I get a phone call on the uh, and it's a radio station, local radio station. It's a competition, and I'm half asleep. And said, like, "We have got three questions for you. If you answer them, you will win two thousand dollars worth coupons." And I'm like, uh, okay. And and I answer them, and apparently I get them right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I didn't even know. I, apparently, I get them right. So, and I forget about it. I hang the phone up and I go back to sleep. Two weeks later, I get $2,000 worth of coupons, right? Amongst them, there are all these coupons for flight lessons at Dulles Airport, Dallas International Airport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, flight Don't lessons. Oh. Uh, no, right? So I'm like, hey, this is, the rest were like the rest were you know loop job get a loop job free or go to this restaurant get one free that kind of stuff you know these were free these were like flight lessons for free oh this is great it's fantastic exciting so I go to this place I go and it's just near Dallas airport obviously it uses some of the runways but it's a little it's almost like um, it's a really fly by night school okay it's a cheap flight school you do not want a cheap flight school no okay. <laughs> and no, no. safety regulations safety regulations weren't the way they are now. You know, we're talking before you know, all of that stuff. It's also the and 70s, like... It's the oh, 70s, yeah, sure. the window back
1: thing. yeah.
2: Tell me about it, right? So the guy's like really kind of loose and he's just really chilled. And I do the ground school. I pass the ground, you know, I finish the ground school stuff, then it's time to go. And that took, you know, like a few weeks or something. And then I was supposed to go and then like first flight. So that's great, wonderful, brilliant. Anyway, I, I do the flights and it gets to a point where, you know, I'm flying, but I've got the instructor next to me and I'm flying the Cessna 150s. Now, the one that they had, I swear, it must have been built in the 1950s because, <laughs> because it was rattling. You know, every time we go up, it would literally rattle. If you can imagine when you have a runner car that, you know, a car that just oh, kind of rattles, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs>
1: Were you flying one of the Wright brothers' planes here or something? I, I'm
2: telling you, it, 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 was, it, was, it felt like it. So, but it was rattling, this thing. And, I thought, and they're tiny. You know, they're so light and tiny. When you land, you carry them. You grab the wing and you pull the plane and you tie it up to the tarmac. Because oh, wow. otherwise the wind can push it down tarmac, right? So they're very light aircraft, right? Anyway, so this one time, I go up with the instructor and um, he's telling me things to do, maneuvers and stuff. And one of the maneuvers is like, uh, do a deep bank turn. Deep bank turn is basically, you turn to the right, almost like that with the plane, you know? You go like that, and then you level up. So I said, okay, I do a deep bank turn. The door, his door, so imagine I'm like this, I'm on this side, driver's on that side, On the other side, on the my right-hand side, and the door flies open. The door, his door flies open, and he's not wearing his seatbelt. Oh, gosh. What? Yes. I'm telling you. So what (laughs) happens is he falls out, but he grabs the door, which is open with one hand, the handle of the door, and the other hand. So his legs are hanging up 3,500 feet up in the air, and he's holding on to the door, and the other hand is holding on to his seat, but the rest of the body is outside the door, and I am frozen in a deep bank turn. So we're circling. And he's shouting, and I'm frozen, just like frozen oh with fear because what I'm seeing is 3,500 feet and my instructor about to fall down and, and I am not so good at landing yet. And also, before, what I forgot to mention, the gyro, which helps with the landing, has broken oh in God. the plane. Oh, my yeah? gosh. And we're about to run out of fuel because he hadn't checked it properly so it's I'm like my mind is blown I'm, I'm like frozen and freaking out meanwhile I'm swearing at him I'm calling him every name under the sun Right? I just, I just thought why didn't you do why didn't you put your seatbelt on so like, anyway I somehow by the grace of God I just slowly leveled it off very very slowly and he gradually got back in we had a silent moment for, you know, but that's not the end Oh, that is not the end of that adventure. So he says, I'm saying, look, I'm done. Let's go land. Okay, okay, we go land. (laughs) So we try and go land. And and we're running out of fuel, right? So we're trying to land. There's a Concorde. Back then, Concorde used to still fly. A Concorde had landed on one of the runways, not very well, and had left uh, uh, track, uh, tire tracks, track marks, uh, which, I don't know, for whatever reason, they'd stopped. Uh, for, for a few minutes, they've stopped the landings until they get that off. Oh, goodness. They give us finally permission to land, right? So I go to land. As I get closer a little bit, suddenly my instructor goes, Pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up now, 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 pull up now. And I'm freaking out. What will work, work here? So I pull up and I said, what, 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 what? And I pull up. As I'm pulling up, I realize what he told, why he told me to pull up. There's a wild turkey running down the middle of the runway. And (laughs) while Turkey had got through the fences and is running down, as I'm flying, I'm trying to land and the turkey's trying to zigzag and dodge me as I'm trying to land, but it doesn't know which way to go. So I can't land on a turkey because these planes are light. Even if you land on a pigeon under the tide, you could flip. Wow. So oh it's yeah, uh, they're very delicate, you know. Yeah, literally, if you've got something the size of my fist under the tire, they're very delicate, you know. They're coming in at great speed, trying to land. If you land on that, it could just tip the balance, and the plane could tip him. But also, we're still running out of fuel. So, <laughs> <laughs> so next thing you know, we call the control tower. The jeep pulls over. We can see from above, and we're in hysterics now because it's all become too surreal, you know. We could die. <laughs> if it runs out, we'll crash. And uh, they, so the, the jeep pulls over and the jeep is trying to chase this turkey down the runway in different places. <laughs> we can see this from above. And this guy runs out of the jeep. He's running. The couple of guys running to grab this. It's the most bizarre thing. Anyway, finally that whole nightmare is over and uh, wow. we land. And just about enough to spare. I think another, literally, I think another five minutes we would have been, Five minutes. Uh, I would have had. We've had to glide, or I don't know. We had to figure something out. We had to figure. Was something this your out. last flight lesson? would that was my last flight lesson. <laughs> I did not fly again. It's still on my bucket list, but I never went back to it because that just did it for me. I was like, I "Cannot do that. I cannot do that. that." That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the story of the crash, guys. Wow, that is that's uh, I I yeah wow. I uh, I never forget it. I, even when I tell this story, I get the sensation. You know, you get that. uh oh, yeah. butterflies in the stomach. You know, cow Goodness gracious. <laughs> oh wow. Anyway, that's no. Oh. That. <laughs> you had to ask, didn't you? So there you go. No, no, no. I, I don't like
1: that. You're right. That did sound. That's that's amazing. Like. So that guy weird. must have had some upper body strength to be able to hold on like that and not fall out. Yeah. He None did. He
2: did. Happen. I'm telling you because I mean the the thing is those planes don't go that fast, right? Uh, like you know, they really don't. 60 knots uh an an hour and they take off and then, you know, they don't they fly fast but not that fast. They're not mm-hmm. like, you know, they're not a jet. It's got one single engine propeller, you know? So it's not that fast so that was lucky but nevertheless he, he did he was holding on with two hands three to three and a half thousand feet up in the air and i was whoo. <laughs> wow wow yeah definitely understand
0: why uh you haven't gotten back in the cockpit yet so yeah,
2: yeah. no because i'm not crazy that's why
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to get in there, but uh it's the landing that's the hard part
2: Uh, Absolutely. Oh, uh, uh, taking off is really easy, actually. You learn that very quickly. Landing is always very, you know, it's more dangerous, of course. You know.
1: Our crack research uh, staff up there in the left hand corner as well uh, (laughs) says, We have, uh, you you have an OCD when it comes to the television volume. Uh, (laughs) I I don't want to ruin this one for the audience. You want to explain this one?
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Right. This is something that my wife found out after i've been married for 36 years we've been together for 38 years okay so and she never knew until like two years ago that i had this (laughs) ocd all the time (laughs) because every time i'd get the the uh, remote control from her i would change the volume to an even number if it was on odd Mm-hmm. And i can never turn the tv off when i see it it's on 19 i can't go to sleep i have to go and turn put it on 20 and then turn it off I, I, it's bizarre but it's ocd so and it's only with tv volume it's a, it's the most <laughs> but she couldn't believe it she was like um what are you doing and i was like uh nothing I said no no <laughs> why why'd you what, what were you doing i said okay, I, look, you put it on 17, I had to put it on 18, what does that mean? Like, I, it's not right, it's, it's an odd number, it doesn't feel right, it's, volume should be on an even number. She's like, who says? Like, doesn't it feel strange that it's an odd number? It's like, no. <laughs> I assumed, sort of, in my mind, I'd convince myself that everybody feels that way. That it's not OCD, that, that, that everybody is that particular about even numbers and odd numbers. But anyway, so I have a, I've got an OCD only with TV volume being odd.
1: <laughs> Everyone has something. Hey, there's nothing
2: wrong it's with a, that. It's just crazy. It's, not, it's, just, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, everybody's got something, don't they? Yeah, right. everybody's got something. Yeah. So there it is. That's that one, guys. Awesome.
1: All right, so you wanna you wanna move on to some some questions from me? Hey.
2: Absolutely. Uh, do you want me to read some of the ones that? Uh, and before we go, you know, it's up to you. as you want we to, uh, can we can alternate back and forth between. A couple okay, of them sounds here. good to me. Sounds good to me. Good. Go ahead.
1: All right, uh, this one from Making Bacon Pancakes,
2: which that okay. is an awesome name. Um, I love that Making Bacon Pancakes. I love all of that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now
1: I want some of those like. Pancake covered bacon strip things, but Ooh. anyway, I got steaks for later. Um, yeah, is there any pressure playing a Syrian character in today's political climate?
2: Well, but yeah, I have to be—you know—you have to be very sensitive, you know. And I think the writers are being very sensitive. I think the important thing is realizing that comedy familiarizes people. Comedy has always, always been the way when people are humanized. I think people are humanized through comedy, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, diversity and cultures and everything. It all pales into significance when you're laughing at something, you're laughing, which means that you identify, which means that deep down you're the same. (laughs) Because if somebody is being funny and they're from a different culture and a different religion and a different color or whatever, or a different gender, uh, and you're laughing at them, it means you have something in common with them. There you go. You're already connected. So uh, there've been. So I think it's really important to note that it's comedy and that laughter is a big part of it. Uh, and, and because sometimes people get politically oversensitive. Uh, but I think the, the the writers have been very sensitive, actually, to to, to what's been happening with uh, the, 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 the 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 Syrian situation, refugee situation. Um, Uh, but they have to maintain the fact that it's a comedy show. It's not a drama, do you know what I mean? It's not a political drama Mm -hmm. with an agenda like that, but it's a social comedy with a social conscience, actually, because Mm -hmm. they do deal with some very, very serious issues in a very, very silly, good way, a good silly way, in a good silly way, in a funny way, uh, which, to me, I think it brings people together a lot more. Um, So playing the Syrian refugee was... uh, so I'm emerging on Persian, but I did study Arabic growing up. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, German, French, Arabic, Russian. <laughs> and I speak Persian as well. I speak Farsi fluently. I don't speak those languages I, a little bit, but you know. Mm-hmm. it's minor conversational, you know, I more got
1: one, French, that's it.
2: and I don't even speak that one. very. Well. So, but I speak fluent, I speak fluent Farsi and, and Arabic. I can read and, and write and, and some of that stuff, you know? So anyway, but, but you know, yes, I had to, I mean, I was familiar with the situation uh, in Syria. Um, but nevertheless, I did, obviously did some more research of what's going on just to, just so that I feel comfortable that I'm not going to, you know, that I'm going to remain, um, basically uh loyal loyal to the yeah do the character justice yeah so i hope i have i don't know (laughs) i try
1: i I would i think you have and i i mean obviously i'm not Syrian, right so i can't speak to that personally but um one of the things i I brought up with dj you know we're on the subreddit and there's a lot of things i I think you have because one of the things that a lot of fans were able to strike a tone with or, or were able to get behind the end of season four, when, when Ice came for Mateo, oh, yeah. uh, there was a scene where you had this binder of like every document imagine that you said you have with you to show like this, this is my this form and this is yeah. that form and this is this. And that struck a chord with a lot of people who either said they know someone or for them, that was something that they had as well under those
2: circumstances. Yeah, to that's Whenever right. are right.
1: like, hey, this is my birth certificate and this is this form and my green card and everything else. So.
2: Um. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> yes, that's right. Uh, it seems that it's a, it's a very uh, the sort of popular thing that they, uh, that, that, that certain people that are certain refugees or whatever, I'm, I'm not a refugee myself, but, uh, uh, my, uh, I had an uncle who was a refugee in States and his son was a, ref- you know, they were the family was a refugee. They came as a refugee. I didn't, I didn't come as a refugee, but, uh, uh, but they did, uh, years ago. I, uh, the, uh, the, what they what they identified with is that that the, the folder that he had. A lot of the a lot of people identify with the folder because, you know, when you're confronted constantly with being interrogated and investigated and whatnot, you know, you feel like oh, I might as well put this together you know, for emergencies. <laughs> Just to be meticulous about the whole thing. Um and so uh yeah and you know you wouldn't believe that. That we we filmed that I mean it's a short scene, obviously, but we filmed it Uh, I think it was 11.30 at night. It was somehow a long day that day. It was like the last thing they were going to film with that episode, I think. Something like that. It was just crazy. It was just really late at night. Everybody was very tired. Uh, We had to get it in quickly. I think we did like two takes and that was it. And that was just to do different angles. I think two or three takes. So that was that was lucky that that worked. To be honest, I didn't know. I was like, I hope this works because I think it's an important scene. I mean, the, the message. It, did. it resonated with a lot of people. And so. I was so pleased that it worked because honestly, you just don't know. You think I'm just gonna have to do this now. So that was good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we almost didn't. We almost didn't shoot that scene. That almost we're going to uh, because we're running out of time. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We had, like, honestly, it was just, like, it was the end of the day, they almost decided not to shoot it. In fact, I think they said maybe they won't, and somehow the scene prior to that finished just a little bit earlier enough for us to be able to shoot that. I'm glad they did. We're all glad they did. I know, so am I, so am I, yeah. What, what, yeah. what do you got
1: for your uh, fan questions there, Amir?
2: Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, it says... Uh, uh, here we go. With uh, What's been your favorite project outside of Superstore? Uh, since I've been doing Superstore, I did, uh, did a couple of directing projects, theater directing projects. I started directed... Um, uh, a play called Bakersfield Mist, uh, which was uh, I did at Beverly Hills Playhouse, which is very successful. It went really by Steven Sachs, and it was a very it went down very well. And I did Rumors by Neil Simon at American Academy, and that went down really well. So those were my projects because they were they were uh, Rumors was just a farce and it was hysterically funny, and you know the audiences loved it, so it's great, packed houses. And then uh, same thing with the uh, Bakersfield Mist, which had humor, but I had poignancy to it. Great, great story. So those are my favorite projects. Great. That I did apart from Superstar.
1: Okay, when we got here, what is the best Said moment in your opinion?
2: <laughs> oh God, I wish I knew. I, it's, my opinion is, doesn't count, does it? Really. <laughs> what, uh, what are best What are best Saeed moments? Uh, What did people like? I mean, I can go by just what people like. I mean, there's certain lines they like. I've got, because that goes, kind of ties in with another question, which is your favorite lines, I suppose, right? Right. Maybe. I got like, um, oh yeah, who's going to clean this up? Guess who's going to clean this up all day? (laughs) Which was when uh, Marcus uh, is being. Oh yeah, that was great. When Amy (laughs) disappoints Marcus. I kind of like that. Uh, I like that line basically a lot. I mean, I like the writers are great. So uh, uh, there's another one that says, Sandra, I'm going to slice you to pieces. Uh, and then I follow it up with, uh, can I have a smoothie, please? Yes.
1: There's, there's that. Yeah, there's, uh,
2: it's, uh, Sandra, I'm going to slice you to pieces. Can I have a smoothie, please?
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's Sandra's wedding where you, you wore the
2: cowboy outfit. Yep. Uh, oh, yes. 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 I did what wedding. any sane person would do. Cowboy yes. Charlie's Western Steakhouse for dinner. I mean, yes. come on. Yes. <laughs> oh. And this is the thing what makes me laugh because Say tries so desperately to assimilate. You know, he wants to. He wants to be part of it. You know, what I mean? he wants to be accepted. And and it's a it's a sad fact about a lot of the. Um, it's an unfortunate sad sad fact about a lot of refugees and a lot of um, issues to do with diversity, which I think is going to change because for years, people would change their own character and culture and personality uh, to assimilate. And I think you can assimilate without having to do that. You know, you can still be yourself and still also connect and um, be able to have common factors and common denominator with uh, the, the, the culture you've adopted the new culture you've adopted. So anyway.
1: I got a, one line I love that I, I can understand huh? a little more now is you mm-hmm. turn the group text green
2: oh. to camera. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> which is one, but my favorite color, by the way, which is my favorite color. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Take a group I, text I just green. had to
1: switch over to an iPhone and, then, and I, I get uh, it
2: now. You yeah. get it? Yeah. And then get Amy, it uh, uh, that's because like, then Amy takes a look at me, doesn't she? She looks at me and I've got to say, which is my favorite color. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got that. It was good, and I had the, the other one was what was it there? Um, uh, oh, the, the straws, the straws with the, when Ben uh, was doing all the uh, the, the ecologically friendly <laughs> uh, campaign, you know, and and he had these paper straws. And, uh, you know, it was truly really bothering me because I have no in- structural integrity.
0: <laughs>
1: Look, I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I'm all for taking care of the environment, but I'm not behind the pictures. I, I,
2: am, too. I am too. I mean, I don't, I don't need to use straws, to be honest. <laughs> I just, I don't need to use plastic. I don't need to use the straws, but, you know, I get it. I get it. The paper straws. You can't keep them in there for long. You have to keep them out, put them in only when you're drinking. <laughs> It it, cha- right? cha-
1: it it changes the taste of what you're drinking. Yeah. Or at least it does uh, to you, me. I don't know.
2: Of course. If you leave it in there, it'll turn into pulp, wouldn't it? I mean, oh, oh, be yeah. <laughs> it's
1: just, just not a fan. But. What's the storyline so you'd much. like to see explored through your character's perspective?
2: Oh, right. Good question. Uh, I think maybe, possibly, uh, uh, because I'm, I was originally a, a UK citizen. And uh, I became a U.S. citizen recently. Oh, congrats. congratulations. Uh, oh, yeah, like last year. <laughs> and uh, last year I became a U.S. citizen as well. So I uh, I think what I noticed about a lot of people that are refugees that become, I wasn't refugee, but people that have been refugees and they finally become citizens, they get citizenship, they tend to kind of have this appreciation of the adopted country. And... Uh, so pay a lot more attention to civic duties, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because they obviously left their original country because it didn't have those advantages. And it's very easy uh, to ignore those facts, you know, that despite all the criticism we may have of systems that we have running here, uh, that fundamentally there's some great things going on. Yes, there are a lot that needs to be sorted like the rest of the world, but if you've lived elsewhere in the world and you've experienced the lack of democracy, you know, lack of freedom, like if you've had to whisper inside your house, if you had a political discussion because you'd be worried somebody would listen, you you wouldn't be able to talk on the phone to people about things. Then you know the value of freedom. Then you really appreciate it, you know. Uh, If you're sort of taken away at night in the middle of the night because you're just reading the wrong book, simple as that, and a lot of countries that do that, Somebody sees you reading the wrong book during the day, somebody will come and take you away at night. Yes. Break into your house and take it away. Politically they're very serious. So so because I am a citizen, I realize that you can, you know, uh, you can contribute a lot more. You have to, you should, you've adopted it. So I think it would be interesting to see if he goes overboard with that. <laughs> Say, <laughs> you know, that he becomes a citizen He goes overboard with it. <laughs> like I, I can see you so doing jury duty. Can, can you imagine? He becomes annoyingly uh, the, uh, with jury duty, for example. Jury duty. He, he could be the only one, like uh, Twelve Angry Men, basically, right? All oh, right, right. A version. Of, if you know Twelve Angry Men, uh, you yeah. know, it could be. It could be a, could be a, a sort of a, uh, as it were a, a version of that. You know me, a spoof of that or something like that. But could, that could be quite fun. Where he takes himself too ser- too seriously and annoys people because <laughs> he wants to be too helpful and too you know go by the book really something.
1: It, like it would that. also be an interesting comparison because you also had Matteo, and I guess Matteo's situation is still ongoing right now.
2: Yes, it uh, is yeah. w-
1: with with his you know uh, his sure. status. So it would be interesting to see if if now if they did something with that and you know. Uh, Saeed is becoming a citizen. How would Mateo react to that? Um, that could oh yeah, some true. Other i never thought of that too. You Especially guys as, on the catty ball. as Mateo is that could be
2: sure. You guys are on the ball. That could be quite fun. That could be <laughs> fun. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, good. What,
1: what have you been up to during the quarantine? Do you have any shows uh, you've been checking up on or what's uh, quarantine oh, like, look, like sh-
2: sh- Oh my goodness, I've been watching, you know, like everybody else, I've been binge-watching. And uh, as I said, I've been learning other stuff, but binge-watching and reading, you know, I read. Uh, but, but the shows that I've been watching, you're talking about the shows, TV shows that I've been seeing or whatever, like that? Is that what yeah, you're yeah. About? yeah. Or yeah. Um, let me see. I, saw, I hadn't seen the, the Politician. I found that funny and interesting. Have you seen it? The series Politician. It's very good. Oh yeah it's a good one. Um, well, I enjoyed it anyway. I thought it was fun uh, i <laughs> the, the, the 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 baking show the british the the, oh, the well. great british yep. baking show i've watched every episode and what's funny is that i don't have sugar I try not to have sugar basically and I try not <laughs> to have i try don't get me wrong i have it every every now and then I have a nice piece of cake or ice cream or something but normally as a normal thing i don't have sugar or cakes or cookies or trying not to have bread every day, right, you know, at all, you know, so maybe once a week or once a month or something. But I was watching the British Baker show, and my wife's like, why are you torturing yourself? Why are you (laughs) watching this? You don't eat eat any of this stuff. Why are you watching? I couldn't understand it. I was obsessed with it. Maybe because I couldn't have it, I was vicariously enjoying it, you know what I mean? Watching it, pretending I'm eating it. (laughs) I
1: was going to say, all they make on there is like bread and
2: sweets. Everything they make is everything I don't eat. You know, I shouldn't. (laughs) So so that's a strange fact, but it was, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I felt like I'd eaten that stuff. So I recommend it highly if you can if you can have self control that way watch that kind of stuff but yeah politician was very good let me see there's uh, see now some of the some of the ones have gone out of my mind but there's quite a there's quite a lot you know sometimes you 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 tune in and for five minutes and you're like. Oh, life's too short. I do not have <laughs> to, I don't want to go through all the series. You know, don't you? First five minutes, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. It doesn't you catch your attention. you just like, nah. It just doesn't, five minutes. He's like, no, I can't be doing it. I know so and so recommended it, but I can't be doing it.
1: And that's the great thing with binge watching, like on Hulu and Netflix, is you can just easily hit the stop button, turn it off. Absolutely, on, right? Go move yeah. to another show, like
2: I within a matter of seconds, and watch something else it is great it is so good it's so good oh but I tell you the the the, the oh yeah the other ones I, I, I saw Self Made which was fake as, you know it was good it was good. So I like the story you know it's a particular style of filmmaking but I like the actors and I like the story Self Made uh, which was uh, Octavia Spencer's in that uh, she's really good in it oh she's um, amazing s- have you seen it the series
0: I, I actually haven't I just she's just amazing actress yeah yeah
2: Oh, and I, it's, a, it's a story I didn't know, and I thought it was fascinating, really, and I think it's very appropriate at this time. It was about the first, it was uh, an African-American woman in the 1920s who became a multimillionaire. Wow. She had a huge business, self-made. She was a washerwoman. She was washing clothes for people. Uh, you know, what I mean. And it's like, it's incredible. And she, she was the only one in her family who was born free, her father was a slave, and she became such a multimillionaire. she bought a house next to David Rockefeller. Wow. Back in the 1920s. That blew me away, because I didn't think even that kind of thing could happen back then, so that was, that was a no. class. It was really informative. It was really interesting. It was fascinating. It was really good. I'd say it was a really good story, uh, and it did a lot of interesting historical things. I'm hoping they would remain truthful to the history. You never know, do you? You hope. Yes. But uh, But it's a true story. It's good, I recommend it. But also watch zany stuff. You know, I love I love Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> I love listening to Joe Rogan podcasts and stuff. You know, yeah. I listen to his stuff. I think he's, he's cool. What, and that's what kind my of podcasts sons. are you into? Uh, what well, Joe Rogan's the one actually I watch mainly, and that's because of my sons. They're really into him, and they they encourage me to. You know, and I know yeah. every time I watch it. I watch it with them and I enjoy it so I'm trying to think what else do I watch no I think it's Joe Rogan's the main one that I watch Uh, yeah it's the only one I think at the moment I'm watching
1: alright let's see what we got here Uh, from Dork of Queens love your cowboy outfit see
2: (laughs) thank you uh, (laughs) we tried uh, we tried a whole bunch of stuff I had so much fun in costume honestly okay like I'm sure as a kid, all boys, I had a cowboy outfit when I was a kid, but, you know, but that was the last time I wore one. You know? and, and, you know, cause, but I always wanted one. You know? I always wanted to, to, to wear one. And this is the bizarre thing. And I remember telling one of my close friends, like, oh, I'd love a cowboy hat. This is before the, even I knew we were going to do uh, an a episode like that. And, uh, and she, she got me this cowboy hat. Black cowboy hat looks exactly like the one I wear in the, in the show. Just before I got that, literally just before I got the script, and it said, oh, you're going to be wearing a cowboy outfit. Where's a cowboy outfit? And I was like over the moon. When I went into costume, I tried on about 20, at least 20 different outfits, 20 different combinations of stuff. And there's so much fun, so much fun. Alex in costume, she's got the, she's got the photographs. At some point, hopefully she, I don't think they can release those photographs, but I'd love to have (laughs) a copy of it. I'd love to have a copy of a man because some of them were so bizarre. They were like, some were really interesting. Like they had the overcoats, like the long riders, you know, you know, those big long rider coats, right? You know, the, uh, the, the the leather ones that go right down to your ankle kind of thing. Oh, there was some really cool stuff, really cool stuff. But uh, we settled with that one. I mean, it seemed to work. It was funny. So hopefully it
1: is. Another one we have here, a supporting character. Obviously, your job is to support uh, everyone else on, on the, all the other characters. Yeah. Um, how do you balance your function to add to the main characters, but also focus on your character as well?
2: Sure, 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 sure. Well, I mean, you know, when you read the script, you have to realize when you're a recurring character that you're not – look that you're not the main story yet at that point. And there could be an episode like it could be an episode where some of the story relates to your character. Uh, mm. and some of the other uh, episodes, basically you're there. Of course you're there, your character's living and breathing and present, but it's not your character's story. And you need to appreciate that. And, uh, and serve that scene that then serves the entire story. Do you know what I mean? So that it all gels together properly. And, uh, one thing is like, for example, when you teach, you usually tell the students, look, it depends the sort of part you get. If you get a co-starring and it's a small co-starring, it's usually, uh, or if it's under five, which is a particular category for for, for actors, under five, uh, which means under five lines. Uh, it's a different category, co-starring. And then co-starring could be one line, but it'd be higher than under five, and then guest starring is higher than co-starring, and then recurring is higher than guest starring, and then, you know, and then you get recurring, which is like, basically, you recur, which is what I'm, I'm recurring, and then I'm a recurring guest star at the moment, but in, in, but as, you know, at, uh, uh, in, uh, in the show. Uh, that's how it's credited now, anyway. So, It varies, you know. Your level of responsibility varies. If you are, let's say, in a one-off series, if you're the guest star, it kind of means the story you are very much part of the central story. If you are, however, recurring, it varies from episode to episode. Right? Yeah.
0: So, uh, just a few more fan questions, and we'll play play a quick game for it. Yeah. Do Do you have a Have you found your favorite pen? Mel Mallory asks. (laughs) Yeah. Um. The ink is also blue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you have a favorite line anyone has said? Anyone else? Uh...
2: Oh, anyone else has said. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. A, a favorite line that anyone, anyone else has said. A favorite line anyone else has said. Uh, yeah, Calico's. Calico's line. It's a very short line. School management. <laughs> <laughs> she, she,
1: she's gonna explode one day on that show, and it's gonna. Be I love that. Oh, man, fantastic, you know but awful.
2: She is so wonderful. When she had to throw that trash can, honestly, she was scaring me. She was so into it. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the snow. Remember, she had to throw a trash can. She had to pick it up and throw it. She was so mad at the, uh, and she had to pick it up and throw it. Oh, I tell you what, you might find this interesting because sometimes we mess up lines obviously and the one time i remember that i messed up bad and everybody cracked up but i didn't know i'd messed up is when we go into the break room and everything is messed up remember the other the rival score right. had had come and destroyed the, the break or whatever so i go in and my line was um uh uh look what they've done to our break look what they did to the break room or something like that like look what they've done to our break room and i went look what they did <laughs> look, <what> they did. <laughs> look look what they did to our set <laughs> I literally said look what they did to our set and I didn't know I said that everybody cracked up and I'm like why are they laughing what, what happened so you, you said look what they've done to our set <laughs> like instead of break room so sometimes you just kind of get I was genuinely upset that they messed up the set
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway fantastic so um, when we interview a cast member we always end with the a name association game. We uh we say the name of uh one of the cast members and then you just kind of say the first thing that comes to your head, okay? Is that okay? Yes. All right. Okay, here we go. Colton Dunn. Uh smart, supportive. One word? Yeah, yeah, just a couple just quick. Yep. Yeah. Nico Santos. Sweet, friendly. Lauren Ash.
2: Brilliant uh Confident, bold. Kaliko Kawai. Oh, great friend, Uh, salt of the earth. (laughs) Mark McKinney. Uh, An intelligent artist practitioner.
0: America Ferreira.
2: Supportive
0: leader. Linda Porter. Oh. yeah yeah we should take a minute on this
2: one yeah rest 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 in peace her soul rest in peace linda porter um uh, uh um flying with the angels right now yeah an angel
0: Rest in peace, Linda. We miss you.
2: Rest in peace, Linda. She's, she, was, she was the sweetest. That was another question that I had was about what was it like working with Linda Porta. And she was so proud of her. I worked with her a couple of times and was on set with a few times, three times. But she, we had a lot of conversations and she was so sweet. She's so proud of her family and talking about her kids and grandchildren and uh, an amazing, amazing soul. Really wonderful person.
1: Yeah.
2: So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very privileged to have known her. So. What else? All right, here we go. Uh, John Baronholtz.
0: Oh, crazy <laughs> fun. <laughs> Kelly Schumann.
2: Oh, Kelly is a great friend. Um, very sensitive. So pleasant. Such a joy to work with.
0: And Ben Feldman.
2: Oh, Ben Feldman. Ben... Uh, ben and I lived uh, the, 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 the same uh, literally, he knows where I lived when I was 18, he remembers the area um, Ben is uh, brilliant great director, great actor uh, uh, intense intense <laughs> and helpful intense yeah. and helpful intense in a good way uh, he's a great director yeah he, he did sort of uh, he lived in Potomac it's uh, sort of the Maryland area in Potomac, Maryland and he went to the same high school as my brother and all of that so wow. it's, we connected wow. on that a little wow. bit that's of, of talking about those sort of areas and stuff yeah. that's great did cool. we miss anybody? it was John uh, oh we, John Miyahara yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you said John. We miss Nicole.
1: Oh, Nicole Bloom. Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
2: very sweet, very sweet, and smiling, laughing. She smiles. I, I, I think of Nicole. I think of smiles. She got great smile.
1: And is it is Johnny Mahara? Is that is that Brett's character? Is that yes. Uh, the yeah. car- the, the oh, Brett? Yes. Oh,
2: Brett. Yes. As I told you, uh, yeah, very dignified, wonderful, intelligent man. Yeah, very sweet man. Yeah, good. Sorry, I know that these are not crazy words that are coming out of my mouth, but I love these guys. These, they're yeah. wonderful. They're, they're really nice people.
1: That, that, that's, hey, that's all we're asking for,
0: whatever it is, man. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good. Guys, this has been really a lot of fun. Thank you so How much. We we're almost coming to the end.
0: Yeah, no, this is, yeah, this is, our, this is where we part ways. We just want to say thank you so much for uh, joining us in the break room.
2: Casey, okay, thank you so much. You guys have been great and um, good to talk to you. Great right. to talk to
0: you. Thank, and you. thank
2: you so much for your support. We really appreciate it, really. And I hope that we keep the, the standards high for you guys. And yes.
1: You guys have done are. awesome. Uh, hope you and your family stay safe.
2: Bless you. Stay safe, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Amir. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye you too.